your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Network, your team every day. And as always, you can find Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And I'd like to thank you for making Locked on Hurricanes your first listen of the day. And in today's episode, it will be a year in review for the Carolina Hurricanes. It is December 31st, 2021. So now it's time to look back all the way back to January 1st of the year and go all the way through the calendar, all 365 days. Look at the good, look at the bad, and see how this year has ended up for the Carolina Hurricanes. So obviously, we're going to start off with some good. And there has been a lot of good for the Hurricanes in 2021. This team has really turned a corner in terms of success. This was a franchise best year. They are doing absolutely amazing things compared to where we were 10 years ago. It's crazy to think just how far this team has come. And it's still, as I mentioned in the previous episode, like when we were talking about Sebastian Ajo, like having 14 points in his last six games, getting used to that, where we're used to the team being competitive, like when it comes to like playoffs, it's still like, it's still something that still getting used to a little bit, you know? It's just like this continued success, like year after year, and it not just being, oh, here's one good year fall off the next you know it's not like that now the team is consistently good and great really because you know over the course of 2021 last season and what we've played this year the team has had a record of 58 19 and 9 with 125 total points over those 86 games and that is just wild to think about. That's franchise history and wins in the course of a calendar year, points, win percentage. And it's crazy just how good this team is. And with that record there, they have a points percentage of 0.727 and no club in the NHL, no team at all has done that or better since 2013. So no one has done that in nearly a decade, and the Hurricanes are doing it. And that's just crazy to think about that this team has just, it's insane, just the consistent success that this team is having. And what's crazy to think about is, you know, we obviously mentioned, you know, that no team has had a points percentage better than that in nearly a decade. Only nine teams in NHL history have ever had more than 125 points in the course of a calendar year, and now the Hurricanes are one of those. So that that is just one of those things that this team is 
so good right now is you kind of don't realize it until like a day like today when you're stepping back and and looking at the big picture of just how good this team is right now and you know I think that um the Hurricanes are really just setting themselves up for long-term success because you look at just the young talent that this team has right now. Sebastian Aho, Andre Sveshkov, Martin Natchez, and Jacob Slavin. And yeah, he's obviously not young, young, but yeah, he's younger than Jordan Stahl. <laughs> and you have all of these young guys here on the team. Seth Jarvis there as well. And Ethan Bear. You have all these young guys here on your team that are setting yourself up for long-term success, not just in a very short window. Like, no, you have guys that can keep you competitive for the better part of 10 more years. And I think that is crazy to think about. And another thing that has really contributed to the Hurricanes having this sustained success is their goaltending. Between all the goaltenders that they've had with Peter Morazic, James Reimer, Alex Andelkovich, and now Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ranta. Throw Alex Lyon in there as well. He. He played <laughs> a game, but you know, he played. And they are just absolutely insane. And over the course of the calendar year, those guys allowed just 196 goals over those 86 games with average being a 2.28 goals against average. And that is a league low. And the penalty kill is also just absolutely insanely good i was talking about just how they're ranked number two in the league right now in my recap against montreal but in terms of the year they are the top penalty killing unit for 2021 and they had a penalty killing percentage of 86.8 for 2021 and that's just crazy how they're consistently just so freaking good on the penalty kill and you know there's again just so much more positive from this year and we'll continue to talk about all this positive stuff right after this quick break it's a new year so that means new year's resolutions and if yours is getting fit or eating healthier make sure you include built bar in your plan Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. To be frank, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bilt Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good that you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars that can taste chalky, waxy, or taste like just a bunch of chemicals. Bilt Bar is not like that. You are going to want to eat healthy with Bilt Bar because Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Bilt Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to some of those candy bars that you may pick up that are around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens upon dozens of net carbs. 
so, and the thing is with Built Bar, there are so many flavors to choose from. You can get coconut almond, my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many, many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new flavors with limited time only flavors. So you got to make sure that you're checking out Built.com often to see what's new. So right now, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And enjoy your new year, guys. Now, we've been talking about a lot of positive from the Carolina Hurricanes in the year of 2021. And one really, really big positive for this team was the fact that they are able to raise a new division championship banner. This is something they haven't been able to do since they won the Stanley Cup. And that's crazy to think about. You know, obviously we went you know, a decade of kind of being irrelevant, but in recent years, just how good the Metropolitan Division is and the Hurricanes being as good as they are, still not being able to win a division championship. And last year in the 2020-2021 season, they were able to win that Central Division. And yes, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, those divisions don't count, blah, blah, blah. You know, Mickey Mouse banner, whatever. You know, I wholeheartedly disagree. And that's not just because the divisions were realigned and the Hurricanes won it. Like, no. You know, every team that won their division last year should hang a division championship banner. The Hurricanes hung theirs. Maple Leafs should hang theirs. The Avalanche should hang theirs. And and I believe it was Pittsburgh that won the other one. Every single one of those teams should hang those division championships because they won those divisions. Why wouldn't you hang them? You made the t-shirts. You made the hats. Why wouldn't you wear them? Uh, Tampa Bay hung the Stanley Cup banner. Of course. I, does that not count? I know a lot of people say yeah, there's asterisks beside that because it's shortened season and all that stuff. But they did it. They hung a banner. The Hurricanes won the division. They should hang the banner. And they did. And deservedly so. They won it. And I think that honestly, while yes, it's just a division championship. It's not a conference championship. It's not a Stanley Cup championship. But I do think that is definitely something where it's just a small step in the larger picture of the Hurricanes putting up another Stanley Cup banner. And because... You know, those division championships, while, yes, they're not a Stanley Cup or anything like that, it's definitely something that, yeah, you can look up, you know, in there. Like, you know, I did that. You know, I I was able to get that banner hung. And, again, it's just a small thing that I think is going to be looked back upon when the Hurricanes... eventually do win another Stanley Cup and it's going to be one that you know they're able to do that as well something they hadn't done since they won the Stanley Cup they're able to go out and win their division when yes it was realigned but you did have 
Florida in there. You had Tampa in there. And those teams were really, really good. And Florida was, and Tampa were right up there with us vying for that president's trophy. And, you know, it wasn't like it came easily, for sure. But I, I think that's something that's going to be really positive for this year. And just, they're able to finally be able to do that again. And yes, it's not the banner we all want, but it's a banner nonetheless, and it's something the Hurricanes hadn't done in forever. And you know, there obviously you know, is more positives you know from the year. I mentioned you know the Hurricanes with all their prospects that they have. They have an extremely deep prospect pool. They had ten representatives at the World Juniors, and while yes, that did get. The rest of that did get canceled. They had 10 guys there representing their countries from the Hurricanes organization. I think that's great for the team, great for the organization, great for the Wolves, <laughs> of course. And just they have an extremely deep prospect pool that you don't really see from other teams. You, know, you look at Montreal, who has a bunch of guys out right now. They're basically playing with an AHL lineup. The Hurricanes were about two weeks ago, whenever we were playing our games against Detroit and LA, we were playing basically with an AHL lineup and we were going out and convincingly winning those games. So, yeah, that speaks a lot to the Hurricanes' depth in their organization. And then, of course, we do have our captain who is able to hit 1,000 career games. And, you know, he did that on April 12th. And obviously, more and more games are just racking up for him. And that's just, it, it, it's really great for him that he has, he was able to make that accomplishment. That's not something that everyone gets to do. Only 357 players have done that in over a hundred years and that is that's really good for Jordan Saul he's played 600 of those in a Hurricanes jersey and really just cementing his legacy as a franchise icon and just that whenever he eventually calls it his number 11 will go up in the rafters you know alongside Ron Francis Rod Brindamore Glenn Wesley, yeah. You know, at some point, you imagine his brother Eric, Justin Williams, Cam Ward, and yeah, it, it's great for him that yeah, it's just continuing to cement his legacy. I love that. You know, now this team is finally good. Yeah, he's spent over six hundred games here, and a good many of those, the team wasn't good. And he stuck around. He didn't request any trades or anything like that. He stuck around with this team and stuck through it and battled through. Yes, you know, it ain't fun when you're continue, when you're consistently a bottom team in the league and you've been here year after year. He very well could have requested a trade, but he didn't. He stuck with it, and now the team is good again, and he's a vital part of this team and of this team's success, the leadership that he brings and 
over the past couple years the offense that he brings now as well you know he's really been able to turn back the clock a bit and yeah I'm really hoping that he will be able to hoist one more Stanley Cup before he ends up calling it a career but you know there hasn't been you know we're focusing a lot on the positives but it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows this season for the Hurricanes but yeah we'll continue to dive into positive but we do have to talk about the negative as well and we'll talk about that stuff right after this quick break now diving into the negative can't talk about the good without talking about the bad you know we talked a lot about the good and you know we'll talk more about some good as well before you know this episode ends but you know i think there's definitely been some not so great moments for the hurricanes big one being tony d'angelo you know while the guy is playing pretty good hockey right now you look at what that signing did to the fan base it really divided the fan base it ended from some friendships and it that's not good it really destroyed a lot of goodwill that the Hurricanes had built up within the Raleigh community and surrounding area and then the hockey community as a whole. I mean, you look at, you know, a lot of times when people are talking trash about the Hurricanes on social media, they're bringing up the fact that we signed Tony D'Angelo. I mean, the guy, he's obviously not having a Norris caliber season, but he could have a Norris caliber season and, you know, it honestly wouldn't matter. It, it wouldn't because, yes, it's nice to see him, you know, a Norris caliber defenseman. Yeah, that's all good and great. But, you know, then you have someone of his character. That's not good. When you've built up such a good reputation across the hockey community just to throw it all away like that, it doesn't matter how good or bad the player is you know you ruined your reputation there and it's going to take a long time for them to rebuild that reputation and then it's still going to be a dark spot there that you sign someone with his history again doesn't matter you know if he had like a Norris caliber season doesn't matter if he won the Norris trophy you still sign someone with his character issues and that's going to leave a black spot on your organization for quite a long time and you already lost a lot of friends or you know yeah friends but fans as well you know that really you drove away some fans with that with that signing and obviously you know, I talked about you know Sarah Sivian you know, and her article you know, after that came out and how at the end of the day you know the Hurricanes are going to do what the Hurricanes are going to do just like any professional sports team would you know it's a brand you know, the hockey is for everyone thing is just a cultivated brand and they're going to do what they want to do you know but you know then you also look at some other organizational moves that they made you you let Dougie Hamilton walk in free agency he didn't want to leave he said as much you know he didn't want to leave and yeah I heard through the grapevine that uh, I don't know if he's picked it up yet but he still had stuff here in his old place he hadn't moved. He hadn't completely moved yet at the start of the season, back in like October, or November. He hadn't fully moved to New Jersey yet. He still had stuff here. He still had to come down here and get his stuff. 
And I don't know if he has yet or not, but yeah, he did not want to leave here. And yeah, I think the Hurricanes. I'm still not a fan of that move. I think they could have. I think they could have made it work. You look at how they ended up structuring Andre Sveshnikov's deal. You know, with you know this year you're making less than this year, and how they structure the dollar amount out year by year. You could have done something with like that with Dougie to make the salary cap work. You could have done it. You didn't have to lowball him like you did. You didn't have to do that. You, you seriously didn't. You could. They could have made that work. They could have, and they didn't. And that is what it is now. Uh, and, you know, I think that, you know, another, another one that I didn't like, I still don't like, the Alex Ndokovic trade. You know, he, while I mentioned, you know, the Hurricanes, you know, goaltending, you know, is one of the, the things that has carried them through this year and has been a shining spot. And, yes, Frederick Anderson is having a Vesna caliber season so far. He is. And that's absolutely phenomenal. But I still think that the Hurricanes, they could have done a Anderson, Nadalkovic, or uh, Nadalkovic, Ronta tandem. They could have done it. They could have. Because now, like I said, when they first did this, you know, you, you threw away your future. You had a guy in his early, mid-20s, and someone that you had invested years and money in, and he was finally able to get his shot in the big leagues, and he was damn good at it. Was he perfect? No. No. I mean, you see that in the game against Detroit that we had. You score on him early. Yeah, that tends to be his weakness. You score on him early. And sometimes rebound control can be a little bit of an issue. But, at the end of the day, Kid was a damn good goalie. He was a Calder finalist for a reason. He had stats better than all the Vesna finalists. Better than Grubauer. Better than Vasilevsky. Better than Flurry, Better than all of them. He carried your freaking team. And then you offer him one and a half million dollars. That's a slap in the face. And he isn't one just like Dougie that didn't want to leave here he wanted to be here and then you look at the deal he signed in Detroit he would have took less than the three and a half he was asking for because he signed for three and you look at Jordan Martin who yes that was an absolute positive that we re-signed him and brought him back he took less as well so you guarantee Dougie probably would have took a little bit less than what he signed for in in New Jersey and then Ned probably took, uh, well, he did take less than what he asked for. So you could have been able to keep him as well. And that's just one of those moves, like, I don't understand it because, you know, on one side, yes. He did have his flaws, but he's one that he showed that you can win with him. And he was a really good goalie. He's called her finalist for a reason, like I said. Continue to work with him. Work on getting scored on early. Work on 
his rebounds. He was a rookie. He was a Calder finalist. He was a rookie, okay? So, yes, he's going to have some rookie problems. Work with him. And the fact that he was that good as a rookie, it's crazy to think about. And then how you had struggled to find a long-term solution in net since Cam Ward's prime ended, and then you had to keep trotting him out there, very much like Kings are doing with Jonathan Quick when he should be a backup. Yeah, I, I think the Hurricanes are may end up regretting that decision. I still think that, you know, while yes, not right now, but maybe when the Anderson and Ronta deals are up, you know, then you're looking like, oh, what do we do now? You know? Now we don't have a young guy anymore. And, you know, yes, you let Peter walk. You let James walk. Okay, you know, you did that as well. But Ned, he was one that you could stick with long-term and really be the future. You know, you, ha- you could have got Anderson, you know, for your, you know, right now win mode, but then you still have Ned there for your future. And now you don't have that. And I still don't agree with that decision as a whole. But, you know, that is what it is now. It's something that's in the past. And it's in the past. And then you also, one other thing is the playoffs. You know, I I think the Hurricanes, they need to, I think, you know, they definitely address the issues they needed to address in the offseason. But playoffs, you know, they tend to, fall short in the playoffs and not you know you look in the bubble you you made it past the first first round qualifying round whatever you want to call it against new york you swept them okay great then you lost to boston again all right and then you go to you know last season you know you got through the first round against nashville okay great second round you get dominated by tampa yes tampa has their cap circumvention stuff okay and you know the hurricanes the and everyone really kind of suffered from that but you know i think the hurricanes they need to take that next step in the playoffs they need to be able to knock off heavyweights if you really want to contend for a stanley cup yeah you're able to knock off washington that that's that's not something we can keep coming back to you know that was 2018-2019 we can't keep coming back to that okay yeah yes it was a great great moment nobody's gonna deny that that's a moment that will live on forever in hurricanes history but we can't keep coming back to that we're starting to sound like dallas cowboys fans but you know obviously that's a bit of exaggeration but you know we got to do it. You know, we can't keep falling short in the playoffs. You know, we are very much looking almost like Tampa Bay did, where they kept falling short in the playoffs. You know, Steven Stamkos said earlier in the season that this team really reminds him a lot of the Tampa Bay Lightning before they were able to get over that hump. And I think that's a great compliment coming from a future Hall of Famer. And... You know, I think the Hurricanes, they are just right around that corner, and they just got to take that next step. I mentioned, you know, winning the division, a small step, but a step nonetheless. 
and this team is really freaking good, and they're looking like they can do it this year, given we still have a whole lot of hockey left to play and the playoffs. But, you know, this team is... This team is something else, and they made moves that they felt they needed to make this offseason to be able to win, and we'll see how they pan out. But, you know, got to talk more about some positive. We want to end on a positive note, you know, here, and that's the other signings that they made this offseason. You know, I think they made some really good signings. Yes, the Tony one wasn't great. It wasn't. But we re-signed Andrei Sveshnikov to a long-term deal, not a bridge deal like I initially predicted that they would do no he's locked up for eight years you know he's gonna be i'll be in my 30s whenever that deal expires and you know he's one that he got what he wanted he wanted to be here long term he didn't care about the money you know and he just wanted to be here he wanted to be a hurricane for life that's what he wants and that's what he's getting because by the time his deal's up, he'll be he'll have been here for like 11, 12 years at that point. And you know, that that's a great signing for the future of the team. I mentioned, you know, you got guys like Aho, Svech, Tabo, and Natchez, and guys like that that are going to be able to carry your team for the better part of a decade. Signing Svech to a deal like that is going to do absolutely that. And then you also had the re-signing of Jordan Martin, one of your team captains. And yes, he's not a guy that, you know, racks up a bunch of points, but he's someone that, you know, is really go out there and be physical and really lead this team. I go back to the playoff series against Nashville where, you know, they were down in the third and, the camera cuts to him and he's talking to the bench and getting these guys fired up to go out there and play and they won that game and that was something that the uh, Bally Sports and the Hurricanes and whatnot that, that was something they went back to uh, of him coaching essentially on the bench and I love that and I think bringing him back was big for the Hurricanes I love the Ethan Bear trade I think Fogel, you know, while we all liked him, I think he kind of reached his ceiling here. And it was time for us to part ways there. And Ethan Bear, he's one that I think has a lot of upside, and he showed a lot of potential this year. I like the Ian Cole signing as well. Same with Derek Stepan. You know, some good veteran leaders to have on this team to help take this team to the next level. And which appears is exactly what is happening right now. And then, of course, the Anderson and Ronta signings, those are panning out amazing. Again, we just talked about how Ronta had his first shutout of the season last night against Montreal. Anderson's been having a Vezna caliber season. Maybe we'll be able to get to see him tomorrow on New Year's Day against Columbus. That's just something we'll have to wait and see. But you know, he, he's been great for the team as well and then you also look at some of the other guys that the hurricanes have been able to bring in and you know um yes Kotniemi, yes there was that whole offer sheet situation you know he is slowly uh developing into a player that i feel can maybe be here long term you know obviously you're gonna have to pay overpay for an offer sheet and 
He's a guy that was stuck in an organization that doesn't develop talent well. And you, he's kind of got to catch up to some of the others in his draft class, like Andre Svechnikov, like Brady Kachuk, and you know those guys there. Got to catch up to him, but I think you know, he he still has that potential for that the Hurricanes are looking for from him. And then you also look at Seth Jarvis, you know, someone that you know heading into this season there was so much, you know, like. Can he? Will he? And you know, the training camp cuts just kept happening, kept happening. He kept sticking around, kept sticking around. Then opening night rolls around. He's still here. And like, oh, okay, he's going to be here. And then, okay, we're going to see how that nine-game trial period goes. He's still here. He, he legitimately made the roster, and he damn well earned it. He is going to be a kid to watch. This season, it wouldn't surprise me you know, now that you know, he's off of COVID protocol and the team is appearing to be firing on all cylinders now that they've you know, been able to knock the rust off against Montreal. You know, if we may end up seeing him in some Calder conversation, you know, I, I would love to see that. I think he is going to be so good, and I love that he made the team. I think that's big for him. I really, really do. And... He earned it. Again, it's not like a thing of, oh, he was a first-rounder. Kind of got to have him here. No. He played damn good in the preseason, and he earned his spot on this roster. And you love to see it. You do. And this kid is so good, and I can't wait to see what he does in 2022 and beyond. Same with the Carolina Hurricanes as a whole. Because I think they got the man to lead him. That's the reigning Jack Adams winner, Rod Brindamore. Yeah, he's the franchise GOAT as a player. He's quickly became arguably, the, well, I don't even know if it's arguably anymore, the franchise GOAT as a head coach because, yes, Paul Maurice coached more games between Whalers and Hurricanes in both his stints. And Peter Laviolette, yeah, won the Stanley Cup, but... I think that Rod Brindmore, I, I think he's still, you know, you look at everything he's done as the head coach of turning this team around, turning it from a bottom feeder to a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I, I think he's already quickly cementing his legacy as the greatest coach in franchise history. And I think probably the one thing he needs to do to legitimately, like, he is the best in franchise history is win a Stanley Cup as a head coach with the team. He does that. There's no argument. You can't argue Laviolette. You know, you can't. You can't argue Maurice. You know, even though Maurice didn't win the Stanley Cup, he coached the most games. He coached him to a Stanley Cup, didn't win it. But, you know, I, I think that once Brendan Moore wins the Stanley Cup as a head coach with the Hurricanes, no argument whatsoever. But, like I said, you look at how he's turned this team and organization around. You know, there's it's absolutely amazing. Guys want to come play for him. You know, he's a player's coach, and he knows how to talk to the players. He knows, he knows what they're going through out there. He did it all. He played for ever, and I want to say he played for close to, if not a little over twenty years, and he did it all you know he went to the highest of highs of 
playing, winning in the Stanley Cup, playing in the Stanley Cup final, and losing twice. You know, he did it with Philly and us, and he knows what that's like. And you know, he's been on again, obviously great teams that made it to the Stanley Cup final and won the Stanley Cup, but he's also been on teams that aren't good. So he knows what that frustration is like as well. And, again, he's just the guy to lead this team because he knows what those players are thinking. And the guys want to come play here and play for Rod. And that's something that doesn't happen very often, of people wanting to come to North Carolina to play. Because, you know, yeah, the Panthers, you know, they had their little uh, stretch there where they were, you know, a top team in the league. Not so much anymore. And then the Hornets appear to finally be starting to be a really good team that you can maybe draw free agents to. You were able to bring in Gordon Hayward, draw him here. Terry Rozier, I think he's going to re-sign here. And now you have LaMelo, obviously a guy that, you know, you can build around and use to attract free agents. And... The Hurricanes are, again, just a top team in the NHL, and they're really, really good, and they have a great coach to lead this team, and they're attracting free agents. Big name free agents at that, not just, you know, uh, third-liner free agent. No, they're attracting Frederick Anderson, who's going to likely be a Vezina finalist. And you're able to lock up Andrei Svechkov, in a long-term deal that's and you know that, that's great to see and you know you had the talk of like oh are they going to trade for flurry you know think about that you know five seven years ago uh the hurricanes trying to trade for mark andre flurry that's unheard of but now they're in a position like okay could they legitimately do it but you know i think 2022 is going to be Something to watch for for the Hurricanes. Obviously, we have the rest of this season. I'm still thinking. Yeah, you know, I said in for the predictions for this season that we'd see the return of All Star Sebastian Aho, and we appear to be seeing that next. You know, come 2022, we'll get official. You know, is he going to be on the All Star team? I think he will be, and yeah, you know, we'll have to see how things go postseason for the rest of this season and next season, but. You know, now all we can do is just sit back and reflect on this season. We got to end the season on a high note. We got to end the season with Auntie Ronson's first shutout win as a Carolina Hurricane. And we got to see it end 2021 with a storm surge. Hopefully we'll be starting 2022 with a win against Columbus on New Year's Day. But we'll obviously just have to wait for that in the new year. So you guys, make sure you follow Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. Follow myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. Rate the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on. And you guys have a great Happy New Year.